You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 271, Tim, David. Yeah, I'm Tim. Me, David. We call this one recycling, but you got to listen to the whole show to find out what's up And it is Tech Fan Podcast number 271. I'm Tim Robertson. Hello, and I'm David Cohen. So you uh, were little, 10 minutes late start today, and that's because you got caught in some madness today. Today being uh, Friday, it is September, what is it, 18th, 16th? 16th. Yeah, uh, 16th. And today's iPhone 7 day. And uh, I was going to pick up my iPhone 7, and it was crazy. Was it really crazy? It had big lines? Well, the problem was, the this is the first... They've just announced that they're going to do the, the uh, iPhone upgrade program here, which was how I was going to buy my phone. And there was a big queue of people who wanted to buy their phone that way. I had an appointment for half past one. I got there about one o'clock, and I saw the line. And it turns out that the system that Apple uses for registering that wasn't working. So some people have been there for two and a half hours and hadn't received their phone. And they were... It looked like they'd had an hour of trying to figure out what to do and trying to get it working, and then they decided the best thing to do was to ask people to buy their phones outright or to put them on reservation till the following evening and then have them come back and do it when the system was fixed. So you can imagine there was a lot of people who weren't very happy. No, um, I could imagine. There were some people who were getting... You there? And they were just... Yeah, you can't hear me. Oh, I can now. It sounded like you'd, you dropped out for a second there, though. Okay, we'll have to uh, see how this goes. Um, there, yeah, there were there were people who'd been there for a couple of hours, and they were getting pretty steamed, and they were trying to figure out what to do. I managed to cut to the front of the line because I had something else to talk to Apple about, so I kind of wandered past all the lines and went to... I was trying to get a um, the price difference on my iPhone SE I bought recently, um, which I wasn't able to get because I bought it in the States. I need to speak to somebody on... Um, within apple about that but because i was sorting that out um i said well i've got this appointment for half one for the iphone upgrade and he said oh yeah see that line used to be at the back of the line so i kind of said well look you know i've been here 35 minutes trying to figure this out and um i don't really want to go to the back of the line so then they came out and they said oh we think we've got the upgrade system working again and so i offered to guinea pig trial it for them so <laughs> i got my <laughs> I got my phone before everybody else. So and, what did uh, you get? I got the 128 gig uh, 7, the, not the plus, the regular one, in the matte black. Oh, that's the color and, I think uh, I'm going to go for if I end up going with the 7. It is gorgeous. Is it, it really is. The, the, the black makes it because all the antenna lines and everything have disappeared from it now. Um, and it, it it must be something to do with the way they're manufacturing these now and the waterproofing. It feels so much more solid than the 6 Plus, the 6S. Hmm. That the whole thing, and I mean, it really feels like the whole device is just it's just a solid slab. Um, it's really well done. Um, so it, it does kind of have this very nice feel to it that, <clears> that <throat> even the 6S, as nice a phone as it was, does not have. So, uh, so but yeah. Of course, you're going to put it in a case, right? Well, I've got a I've got a slim case on the back. Um, I'm, I haven't got anything on the front over the glass, and it, it's one of those ones that's kind of open at the top of the bottom, so it's um, it doesn't really add very much to it. It's very very slim, but you, you know, still get I, that kind of. I think we talked about it last week. How Apple harps on the design of the iPhone so much, but we guessed that probably eighty percent or more puts their phone in a case so you never see this great design. And then Apple's own cases are terrible. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. Well, the the design means that they can have great product photos. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I see most, most phones like you kind of see in the wild, people have them in a case. Sure. And the ones you don't, the ones you don't see in cases are the ones that 
normally have a smashed screen on them. Yeah, or or their phones <laughs> are super people... cheap and who cares anyways. Yeah, exactly. But the amount of people I see using smashed screens with holes in and all sorts of stuff and they're still kind of plugging away at them is amazing, really. Um, yeah, I, th- I think at this point design is... It, it is a, a marketing feature point, but I think when when certainly when you whenever I pick up, I recently had a um, had occasion to buy a, a Nokia, uh, not a Nokia now, the Microsoft Lumia, uh, a cheaper one for a project I'm doing at work. Um, you can really you can feel the design as much as see the design. I mean that's what really comes across to me about the seven is that even though it it looks very very similar to the the six S, you can feel it's a very premium device in your hand. Which most other phones you pick up don't feel like that. I, you know, this is the first time in a while I've picked up a phone and it, it feels like it's a sol- you know, a solid piece of, of infrastructure rather than something that's been kind of assembled and put together. It's, it's very, very nice. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't made up my mind yet. Um, you know, it was kind of weird because I, we went and and I talked about buying Julie a six S. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of days before the seven is going to be announced. Yeah, but she's real happy with that success. She really is. She loves it. Yeah. But when I did that, the guy at the AT and T store made it sound like we only had one upgrade available that they were already used on the other phones. Which I didn't question it then because I, you know, we had Cole and Brooke with us, and we just wanted to get out. Yeah. But that didn't sound right to me because. Julie was using a 5S, which was my old one, so that's three and a half, four years old. Yeah. Uh, Brittany has no contract because she is using... Remember I talked about that Sony phone that they sent me for review? The the Android one, yeah. Yeah, she's using that one because her 5 just died. It just wasn't working. Or maybe it was a 4S, whatever it was. It just... The button wasn't working, and it was just a... It had been abused way too long. Right. And then the only other phone is my 6 Plus, which is two years old now. So what phones are we paying for? Yeah, exactly. So I called AT&T two days ago because this was bugging me. And the guy on the phone said the only one that we're technically under contract is Julie's. So the guy in the store was wrong. And then he said, uh, are you thinking of upgrading your 6 Plus? And I said, well, I'm, I'm considering it. And he says, we can get you a free iPhone 7 if you trade yours in. Really? And he says, yeah, well, it'd be the 32 gig iPhone 7. Uh, you would make three payments of like 21 bucks. And then we apply that amount back to the account. So you ostensibly get that money back. Although they don't give it to you back. They just put it on your account. And then the rest of the bit is free. <clears throat> you do have a two-year contract, but it's free. You don't pay for it. Yeah. And I said, well, that's that's pretty cool. Um, but I'm more interested in the 128 uh, 7 Plus, not the 7. I've got a Plus now. I don't want to. I don't want to get a smaller phone right now. Maybe eventually I'll want to. That'll be appealing to me. But at least for the time being, I don't really want a smaller iPhone. I, I like the bigger ones. And he said, well, then you could still do this program. You would just pay the difference in price. And the difference in price is 300 and something dollars. And they would break that up over 24 months. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't sound too bad, to be honest. I guess the problem when you're dealing with somebody like AT&T is, uh, I've had this before with carriers, the stuff they promise you on the phone may not necessarily reflect what happens in your bill and then trying to get somebody later on to convince them that what the guy told you on the phone is right and what they think is right is wrong can be quite hard well i also need to go through our bill because if none of the phones have been under a contract recently why didn't my bill drop when some of these phones that i was obsessively paying for dropped off why didn't my payments go down I still don't understand how Julie's... Uh, oh, right. So it's a 6S, not 5S she's got. She had a okay, 5S. So the, it right. died. The battery swelled. And she, So she's got a 6S. She's just upgraded to a 6S now, so that's Correct. why she's still on the contract. Right. Okay. I don't know. It's. Uh, I'm going to have to go back through my bill and start looking at it. I think they owe me money. Yeah. Getting them to give me money is going to be, you know, a challenge, to say yeah. the least. 
but my payments never went down, and yet I wasn't paying for any phones at that point. What's going on? I mean, do they structure it that way? Does the the hardware subsidy come separately from the contract? No. 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 Let's say so. So, so let's say I, I I pick a plan. And it's a hundred dollars a month. <clears throat> then I want an iPhone, and then they subsidize that for thirty dollars a month. So now my cell phone bill is one hundred and thirty dollars. Plus, Brittany has one, so now it's one hundred sixty dollars, and Julie has one, so now it's one hundred ninety dollars. Very simplified right, so numbers, so but phone, that gives the idea. Yeah. When those phones are paid for, then you should stop paying those that money. Right. So, if all three, my payments theoretically, according to what I just said, should have dropped down ninety dollars. But it never did. I never saw a reduction on anything. Right. So, I think this it's, is something I, that's. I'm. I'm I, I think this is something that companies like AT and T and Comcast do, and they pretend that oh, this was a mistake. It's not a mistake. It's it's epidemic. Uh, I think this kind of goes along with what just happened at Wells Fargo when they were ripping people off and and creating millions of fake accounts. Yeah. Um, when a customer learns about it and complains, then they'll make it right. But they're not going to retroactively go back and look at everybody's. They know what's going on and they're making extra money. So, and no, if, if not enough people are complaining, hasn't made the news. Yeah. Where's the problem? And you can guarantee that when you speak to that, that, um, customer rep and he says, well, you know, you, you know, you could switch to this phone for, for nothing like that. You know, he's getting an incentive, incentive to sell that deal. Well, of course he is. That's the, cause he's locking, cause he's locking you into another 24 month contract. Sure. So he, you know, so then when you ring them up and they offer you this, they're not doing it out of kindness. <laughs> I, I didn't are, expect uh, them to, I expect they that they're making to, sales. I, I have no yeah. problem with that. That's capitalism. I'm, that's fine. You know, I, I know. Yeah. I, I'm firmly of the opinion, and certainly the way the market's going over here, that you you are much better if you can getting a phone um, out of contract and just putting a SIM in it, and then, and separating the service element from the phone element, Absolutely. ideally from two different providers. No question about it. That's always that's been the case since the very first iPhone. I mean, that's always been the case, and yeah. that's what Apple changed. And the cell phone industry still hasn't dropped to his knees to kiss Apple's butt for this. And most people don't probably realize this. When Apple, right before Apple released the iPhone, the entire cell phone industry was a race to the bottom. Everything was a cheap 99 cent flip phone. Or it was free. And you would just sign a two-year contract. But the phone itself was free. And what Apple did by releasing the iPhone was put a premium product on what was ostensibly becoming dumb pipes, cell phone companies. Yeah. And they made that network into a premium product, which AT&T and T-Mobile and Orange and all these companies now are reaping the huge benefits. And yet, you know, none of them still like Apple. You know, they don't. No, of course not, because they... It's still rather own. They they rather own the whole widget because if they own the whole widget, what they could do is go back to the old model where they were still charging you for all the, the data and all of that stuff. But they they'd be throwing in cheap cheap throwaway hardware and then charging you for that as well. Yep. Um, because then they'd be making more profit. The uh, interestingly enough, we just signed up a, uh, Alexander a new contract. Um, he he's been on pay as you go um, up until now. But, you know, he's, he's getting up to 14 years old, and I really I don't want to be just kind of handing him out data bits and pieces. I want him to have, you know, he's getting to the age now where he's going to want to be using his phone all the time. And, and I think this, at the 13, 14, it's only fair that, that I do that for him. But we spotted this deal um, of, with three who are one of the big um, 3G providers, three, 4G providers here in the UK uh, over the weekend. And it's £9 a month for a four gig essentials plan and that basically gives you unlimited calls unlimited text and four gigabytes of data for nine pounds a month and that the three does a whole load of things that that some people use like you can roam to certain countries and use your plan as if you're in at home and that's uh, assuming you're bringing your own phone 
Yeah, that's right, yeah. This is a SIM-only plan. So with this Essentials plan, you don't get any of those add-ons. You don't get any of the features, the bonuses. It literally is dumb pipes. It's four, gig- it's four gigabytes of data. With a, uh, It stops working when you've used all that up, so you can't go over it. There's no overage charges. Um, the four gig of data is plenty for most people for a yep. month. And yeah. at his age, uh, it's going to teach him pretty quick that, oh, I hit my plan exactly. limit, and yeah, I can't yeah. use my phone's data for the next week. And and that was that was the one thing we were concerned about. We said, what what happens when he hits the top? And it says it will warn you at seventy five percent. You can control on a website the account, and you can see that. But yes, yeah, so once you hit the top, it just stops working until the next month comes in. But it's it's nine pounds a month. That's what thirteen fourteen dollars. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is it's it's just, I mean, it's crazy not to really. It's it's easier for me to do that than it is to keep topping up pay as you go in terms of what it saves me on time. Yep. It really is. Hmm. You know. Interesting. So that's um Yeah, so, I don't I don't suppose you have anything quite that cheap in, in the US. Uh I've never really looked into it to be honest. I've been with AT and T since the first iPhone. I was with um Oh boy, I can't even think of the name of the company now. It was just on the tip of my tongue, but I lost it. Uh, but it's a company that I believe AT&T eventually just bought out anyway. So, But I switched from that company, took my phone number with me to AT&T to get the first-generation iPhone. And uh, I've been there ever since. And it's there, when I first signed up, I had the unlimited iPhone plan. And I was on that for a very long time. But I finally switched over. I don't remember why. I was never even close to hitting like their medium data cap anyway. So I didn't care. And I th- it saved me a little bit of money or they gave me a, a huge discount on one of the phones that I bought. It might've been my six plus actually. So yeah, I've been there. I, I'm not unhappy, but one of the th- cool things that, you know, when I first signed up with them, they said for an extra, it was like three dollars and ninety nine cents a month, you can have our roadside assistance program. And I said, well, "What is that?" Well, it doesn't matter your car; it matters uh, with you and your phone. If you're in a vehicle, it could be your car, it could be someone else's, it doesn't matter. Anywhere in the country, if your car breaks down, you call six one one, which is the AT and T number if you're on their network, and you can get roadside assistance. They'll send a tow truck. The, if you run out of gas, they'll send a tow truck with gas. If you get a flat, they'll come out and fix your flat. If you got a dead battery, they'll come out and give you a jump. And it's like four bucks a month. And I said, yeah, okay. How I've used compare, it. How does that compare to like AAA? It's cheaper. Um, but with yeah. AAA, with an insurance company, it's your vehicle. So if, for instance, um, I'm with my dad and we're in his car. Yeah. And it breaks down. We're covered. And so, and, and I had this also with Allstate, and I believe they actually use Allstate for the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, they subcontracted out. And uh, I've used it probably five times since 2007. One of them was a really expensive tow because my car had broke down in a garage, in a parking garage. And it was a very low ceiling, so they had to spe- send a specialized truck with a very low flatbed because they couldn't tow it out. It'd be wow. too high up in the air. Yeah. Uh, a regular tow truck couldn't get in with a flatbed. It was too tall. So they had to have a this real specialized truck, and they had to s- send it over from Kalamazoo, so 50 miles, 40 miles away. Didn't cost me a dime. Well, it did. I mean, you know, the monthly pan, but it... it to me, that's been worth it. That was one of the, the, the little benefits that you don't usually hear about. And yes, I pay for it. And if you extrapolate, it's 2016, so let me let me grab my iPhone and just do a little bit of math here. Okay? And uh, now I got a text from David Cohen that he's running a little late, by the way. So, <laughs> we're going to have to wait for him. So, what did... Did you did you take that in two thousand seven when you got the iPhone? This plan? Oh, the text? No. Yeah. Okay, so let's just say four dollars. No. All right, four dollars, and by twelve yep. months that's forty eight bucks, and now by nine years, 
that's $432 I've spent in nine years. Now, that's a lot of money. The mm -hmm. average tow is about 50 bucks, and I've used it six times. So I'm, technically, I'm kind of still in the hole. So if I'd have just paid for those tow trucks myself, I would have saved over nine years $150. But you know what? But the comfort might be knowing. Maybe that big one would have cost you more. It, yeah. Even if it was 100 bucks more, I, I still would have saved 50 bucks. Yeah. So long term. But you've got the peace of mind. That's To me, that's worth four bucks a month. Don't you think? Four, yeah. four bucks a month, yeah. don't matter what car you're in, if something happens, no matter where you are at, you hit 611, dial, you tell them where you're at, they'll send a truck. You know, that's I, that's pretty it's, cool. It's weird, it's, weird, yeah, it's weird that it comes from the cell phone company, though. I thought so, too, when I first signed up for it, and I never really gave it a second thought except for the few times that I've had to use it. I probably had to use it once every year and a half. Yeah. And it's always been a breakdown or something. I've never had, I've never run out of gas. If my car is at like a quarter of a tank, yeah. I'm, I get paranoid. And I'm like, Oh, I got to put gas in it. And my wife will go to the gas station and she'll be like, all right, I want to put, you know, $15 on pump one. And she'll pump $15. Doesn't matter where it puts it on the needle. She put $15 worth of gas in and she's good. I never do that. I pull up, I fill my tank up and then I pay for whatever it costs. I never go for a set amount on fuel. It's yeah, well, I just fill my tank up. We we yeah we do the same with the Anz car, which is uh, I mean it's last time I filled it up, I it was about fifty five pounds, mm -hmm. so <laughs> nearly a hundred dollars. Um, so that stings every time you do that, but that's you just kind of get used to. It. That's just what you have to do. That's one of the nice things about the electric car is you don't have to worry about how much it costs you. Yeah, well, I mean you do, but you don't. I mean, you got you got to think about it long term that your electric bill is going to go up. What? Well, I don't charge it at home, so. Um, well, so I that's that's a benefit. I don't have a charger at home for for it. So, yeah. so I think there's a delay. I don't think you're hearing me right when I start talking because I actually hear myself back through my headphones. I agree. Weird. I hate Skype sometimes. This. I'm going to, um, why don't we take a break and then I will drop off and switch to some different equipment and see if that helps. All right. And we'll be right back. This is Mark Chappell of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? No, nope, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better riders? Well, that goes without saying no. I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rampant Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, no, no. It'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac along with... Well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean venture. Well, it's still essentially an apple-related show, so why not How Do You Like Those Apples? Catchy, but does it essentially sum up what an apple show should be about? All right, how about Get Your Apples Here, An Apple A Day, Chatty Apple, Happy Pie... Oh, oh, just apple. No, we essentially need something that is more apple-related. Monkey tennis! Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing apple-related things. You knuckleheads, just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast 271, I'm Tim Robertson. He's David Cohen, and we love feedback. We love it if you could send us feedback. Simply send it to the show, T H E S H O W, the show at techfanpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll read some of it right here on uh, a future episode. Right, David? Absolutely. We love the feedback. Love it. So, found out why your network was going a little bonkers, huh? <laughs> that was my new iPhone 7 deciding it had to download all the apps that weren't on there after I'd done the restore. Yeah, that's um, fun. And it, it wasn't doing that on the way home, but then, of course, as soon as it got in range of my Wi-Fi, it started quietly doing it in the background. And here's the thing. Some of, when, I, um, when I went to back everything up off it, off my old one, I, I realized... I mean, there's like 
it was just, the old one's a 64. This one's a 128. The 64 one was it was probably within about 10 gigabytes of being full. And you look at some of the some of the stuff you download the app, app store now is huge. I mean, it's nearly as big as LED, and you're running it on your phone. It's crazy. Yep. It is. Um, uh, but one big. Yeah, but one of the things that slightly disturbed me, I thought, you know what, I should do. Bearing in mind that you know we've talked in the last few weeks about apps disappearing from the store, I said I thought to myself, I should make sure I get these apps off my phone onto onto my Mac at work, so that I can recover them if I need to if they ever disappear from the store. And then I found out that iTunes, iTunes won't do that for you anymore. Used to, but apparently hasn't done it since iOS nine. So the only way to get those apps is to re-download them to the uh, iTunes account on your piece on your computer from the App Store. You can't get them off the phone anymore. Really? That's yeah, weird. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, it, it surprised me. I can tell it surprises you as well. And it kind of is annoying because, as I said, 60 gig of apps. And now I've got to download them again when I've already downloaded them once to make sure that I don't lose them again. That blows. Hmm. I even tried using kind of third-party tools like iExplorer or iMazing or, you know, these things that kind of can get into your phone and allow you to back individual things up. None of them will copy the um, the IPA files off the phone anymore. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Pretty stupid. No, I didn't either. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Nothing. We can't rant to Apple again. So we do want to thank our sponsor this week. It is MacSales.com. And, you know, David, I'm hoping that, uh, look, they, they use a third party when it comes to reaching out to the press. Sometimes they have their own internal marketing and, and, but like any big company, they also use other companies to, to help get the word out, to, to reach out to the press, that sort of thing. So I got an email today. And this company's like, hey, you should check out the new uh, OWC Drive dock. Um, it's, it's a brand new one. It's it's uh, blah, blah, blah. And can we send you out one for a review? Well, this was kind of funny to me because obviously they, this third party doesn't know that I used to work there. Nor that yeah. they're a sponsor of this TechFan podcast. So I said, sure, I'd love to review one. Send it here. <laughs> <laughs> And I give it a fair review, even though I, you know, I, I know the OWC drive dog very well. And it's one of the products that I didn't pick up while I was working there that I really wish I would have. I use the uh, newer technology Voyager S3, which is a USB 3 uh, external dock for bare hard drives. You, you put the hard drive down from the top into it, kind of like it's a toaster. And it's, you know, it's got one slot. You can use either three and a half or two and a half inch drive in it. I've always been happy with them. But, you know, it is open to the elements when there's not a, a drive sitting there. And things could happen. And I've gone through two of these, three of these now. But I've been using them on and off for 10 years. So that's not too bad. The thing I like about the OWC drive deck, though, is you can put two hard drives in this thing at the same time. And they're independently powered. And I kind of really could use an external drive dock that holds two disks rather than just one. Because right now what I have to do, like my media library, is on one of these bare hard drives. Uh, And I keep meaning to pick up like an external four terabyte that I can use instead. And then the drive dock will go back to just as a backup platform. But I can't back up my media drive to another external hard drive right now because of that. I do, but it's clunky and it's using another drive for that. But if I could put two drives, bare drives in here at the same time, that would be useful. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you can copy directly, copy directly from one to another. Exactly. Or I could have two backups running at the same time. I could be cloning my photos library and I can be cloning my media drive at the same time. Isn't it funny how far we've come, though, that we used to, you know, when we first started computing, the kind of the uh, the be-all and end-all was to have two floppy drives so that you could copy from one floppy to another at, 
without yeah. having to go through the whole floppy swap. And now we, we want to do the same thing, but with terabytes of data on a hard drive. So this right now at MacSales.com is on sale for $239.75. Uh, that's a pretty good deal. That's savings of $40 right now. So if this sounds appealing to you, you might want to check out the OWC Drive Doc. I will put a link in the show notes at both MyMac.com and TechFanPodcast.com. And uh, check it out. And if this is something you're interested in, follow the link over and buy it. There's no special codes or anything like that. But if you're going from either my Mac or tech fan podcast, they'll see that. And if they see that enough, they'll continue advertising on the show, which is a good thing. Um, I also bought something new from Apple, David. Tell me more. So I ordered this, uh, three, two, three days ago now. Uh, and it's, Ship, uh, let's see, it says it ships in one to two business days and it's going to deliver between the 20th and 21st. So next week. This is the Apple Watch Series 1 42 millimeter space gray aluminum case with a black sports band. $299. Cool. I can get the, the first generation Apple Watch cheaper, but I didn't want the first Apple Watch. I don't need GPS, number one, okay? So I, I don't need the Series 2. And it looks identical. Yep. But with the Series 1 watch, which is a new watch, which takes the place of the first generation, they put the new processor in it, which is like 50% faster. Yeah. That comp- And with uh, Watch OS 3, well, as you can see, I, I bit the bullet. I'm, I've got an Apple Watch coming. I'm I'm pleased to hear it. I'm sure you'll find it uh, a great device. I'm I'm really I'm I'm really stuck between a rock and a hard place now with my watch because iOS three has improved. Uh, sorry, WatchOS three has improved it so much, but I find myself wondering, would it perform even better if I had the same one as you with the double processor in? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't have any data points on that at the moment, so I'm not really sure. So I don't know whether I'm going to upgrade or whether I'm going to wait for. The Series 3 uh, or... I think we're probably a year and a half to two years away from a Series 3. I think Apple's going to... Maybe. I don't think you're going to see an upgrade on this every year like you with the iPhone. I could be wrong, but I don't know. I just get the feeling that they don't... I don't think they need to upgrade the watch every year like they do the iPhone. Do you? Yeah, you're you're probably right. Uh, I mean, they've just run through an 18-month cycle... um, you know, if you look at the if you look at the the laptops and the desktops, they're happy to go even you know years and years if if they feel that the uh, performance is right. So uh, I, I'll guess I'll guess we'll see. Um, I certainly haven't rushed to replace my watch, and and I I've got the luxury now of of waiting to see. But I am really pleased with the upgrade with WatchOS three. It really does transform the experience. The only thing that that doesn't work so well is if you get uh, I I had a uh, dialogue with the uh, Tapbox the other day about Tweetbot because they have a, a watch app for that and they haven't updated it for WatchOS 3 which means it doesn't do background processing which means it is as slow as it ever was on the uh, on the old WatchOS you do need to have your apps updated to make um, the background processing work but I have a whole load that do and they work really well um, it transforms the speed of the watch uh, and I'm not really noticing a massive hit on my battery life so um it's it's all really good. Uh, I'm really really pleased with it. Hmm. So what did they say? You said you had a conversation with them. Well, I just said, look, you know, the the app is really slow, and I said it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb um, compared to apps that have been updated. And um, you know, I, I said, so is, are you planning to upgrade Great WatchOS three? They came back to me. They said, we'll think about it for our next release. So wow. I kind of went back and said, "Wow, well, I guess I said, wow, that doesn't sound very positive." Um, you know, I'm I'm a bit surprised because uh, you're kind of the leading, you know, um, leading iOS Twitter app, but then they haven't responded back to me on that yet. So, um, yeah, it seemed to be it seems to be low on their priority list, but which is a shame because their their app, their application actually is one of the more, most functional. Twi- if you use the official Twitter one, um, all it does is show you your timeline. Doesn't let you do anything else. Whereas their app actually is quite good. It lets you show, it lets you do replies, lets you do 
see all the different segments of stuff in your timeline. It's actually quite a nice app, but it is crippled by slow updates. Hmm. That's that's disappointing. You would think yeah, that they would be better at this. Well, uh, you know, look, it's all about resources and priorities, I guess, but they, maybe they just don't feel it's important. But. Well, that kind of goes back to what I have been saying for a while now. I don't think that the Apple Watch is a roaring success, nor do... and. To compound that problem, I don't think people are probably installing apps on it. Yeah, I, I'm certainly the way. I mean, I use I use a good mix of apps on mine, but um, only you know, only <coughs> excuse me, it's probably only about four or five I use regularly. They have Kindle on there. Choice. Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. I could work. I could read a book four words at a at a time on screen. So, uh, the, sometimes as well, the, the the way people choose to do things on the watch can be a problem. I used to have Instant Paper on mine, and um, I really used it so I could i i I'd, I'd installed it on there. I didn't actually I hadn't actually ever used it before, so I didn't know quite know how it works. But I assumed it would allow me to just browse particular articles from my Instapaper library and, and maybe, you know, catch the, the first few lines of it, that sort of thing. Anyway, I was, a few weeks ago, I was sat in a meeting and I got a bit bored and I started fiddling with my watch. And I went to Instapaper and uh, fired up this um, this article that I'd saved in there thinking I was just going to be able to browse through it. And Instapaper started reading it out at the top of the watch's volume. You know, it used the uh, the Siri voice to start reading it, and I was in the middle of this meeting, and I I forget what it, it was something to do with, with it was just before the Brexit vote. It was something to do with Brexit, um, and of course, and this this was not a small meeting either. There was about thirty people in this room. And all Siri just around, starts talking. And the big square, all of a sudden, it starts roaring out of my watch. Yeah, you know, and I, and it's one of those things. You know, when you something happens, you don't expect it. You kind of struggling to shut it off. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen enough rom-coms to, to to know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. And, of course, you know, you have to try and decide. Are you going to try and style it out and just kind of say, yeah, I did it. What are you going to do about it? Or are you going to try and make up a lame excuse? And as you might imagine, I made up a lame excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I claimed that maybe that it was the BBC News app and and I had notifications turned on and it read it out to me. I didn't, didn't fess up to the fact that I was bored and I was playing with my watch to pass the time. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious, dude. That's it's it's funny and embarrassing and a curb your, a curb your enthusiasm type of moment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what else is going on in the tech world? We do have some feedback, by the way. Uh, did you put the we Uber do. thing in there? I didn't put that in there. I thought you did. Mm, I, I must have. I think I think it might have come from Brendan, but I'm not sure. But we have another one from Brendan. Which he um, addresses basically what I was saying last week when it came to, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Equality. Equality, thank you. Diversity. Diversity. And that it, it kind of made me a little anger, angry because... You were right what you said. It 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 starts at the bottom, not at the top. And by that, we mean it, it starts in the community, not in a giant company like Apple. And uh, Brendan sent us feedback that said he, he agreed with me. And it's nice to know. Yeah. You know, it's, it, honestly, it was the only feedback I got about my diversity rant. I was kind of maybe expecting somebody to take umbrage to what I said, but, uh, nobody did. So either they just, you know, shook their head. Like there goes that idiot again, talking out of his butt, or they just agreed with it and nothing needed else to be said. I don't know. I mean, Brendan makes the point here is that polit politicians rarely have the political will to try and fix it from the bottom upwards because that takes 
time. They, they have to implement a policy and then they have to wait and see what happens. And then politicians aren't normally around by the time the policy is proven to be good or, or bad. So short term fixes or, or something that appears to be a short term fix is always their preference yeah. because that wins them votes. But he's right. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a generation or two. It could take 20 years for some of these policies that you put into effect to really come to fruition. You know, you got to catch the kid when he's in kindergarten. So yeah. by the time he gets to the college age level, he's got the education, the skill set to succeed. And yeah. if you know you're only, if you're in office for, like, this is why I think term limits work because they don't have to worry about reelection long term. Yeah. So they can enact these kind of policies that it really comes to fruition after they're out of office and they get to benefit be from them because they're back into, you know, the, the private sector. Mm -hmm. Career politicians don't have that long-term viewpoint. You think they would because, well, I, you know, I can be here forever, so I should enact some of these and it'll look good legacy-wise 20 years from now when I'm still going for a re-election. I can point back to what I did 20 years ago. See, these are the kind of things. But they don't think long-term. They think the next election cycle. Well, also, they're, they're worried that the other guy will win and then take credit for um, the success of their idea, which is, is even worse yeah. <laughs> from their perspective. That's probably course, true as well. Of course, it's not really about credit or it should really be about the success or failure of the idea, irrespective of the... Uh, Irrespective of the uh, of the politician's personal career, Here, here's a a good thing about failure, or the idea is better than the reality sometimes. So, over the last two years, I've had every major appliance in my kitchen fail. Every one. Mm -hmm. The refrigerator died, and we replaced it. Uh, the microwave died. Well. Technically, the microwave didn't die. Brooke is really Brooke into... Killed it. She killed it. Did I talk about that here? Yeah, you mentioned it last week. Yeah, yeah. So we got a new microwave. It's a big one, too. It's like a 1,200 mm -hmm. uh, power or whatever watts. Yeah. And I thought it was about the same size. It's You can put a whole freaking pizza in there, like a full-size pizza in it. Um, so it's a lot bigger, but it sounds clunky. Like the door, when you close it, it sounds cheap. Go figure. Yeah. And it wasn't a cheap microwave either. And the stove died uh, at the beginning or uh, springtime. And the dishwasher also died. So basically, we've, uh, the last two years, we've replaced everything in there. Okay. And when the refrigerator died, I just threw the refrigerator out by the curb and scrappers picked it up within an hour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was gone. Julie's like, you know, that's just going to sit there until the garbage man comes. I said, no, it won't. And there used to be a law that you had to uh, either take off the doors off a refrigerator or wire it shut because the kid yeah. could crawl in there and suffocate and die. Yeah. So I had wired the door shut, even though I knew it wasn't going to be out there for very long. And I was right. It was gone. Yeah. So this time we replaced the stove and the dishwasher at the same time. And they had been sitting back on my back deck. And then of course the microwave dies. And so I, what I wanted to do is just stick these things out by the curb. So somebody can just come pick it up and I don't have to deal with it. But Julie got the idea. Well, look, why are they picking it up? It's because they take it to a scrap metal place and they get paid for it. Well, why don't we do that? Yeah. So we load it up today and the scrap metal place is like a mile from my house. I mean, it's nothing. We loaded up the stove, the dishwasher, the microwave, and the monitor, uh, the CRT monitor from my Super Pac-Man, which was technically functioning, but it had pretty bad uh, burn-in. And I just couldn't get it dialed in right. And you know what? I don't care. It's got an LCD in it, so whatever. I, I just wanted to get rid of it. It was taking up space. Actually, it was more about taking up the space and not being used than anything. So we took all of that, and when you get there, I, we never done this before. We'd gone to another place years ago, and it turns out this was pretty much the same, but it's, it's a dirty, nasty-looking place. The signage is horrible, so you're not sure what to do or where to go. So I go into the office, and I, you know, I, I brought a stove and blah, blah, blah. What do I do? 
So she's going to need my license and she's going to need my license plates and that's, and my thumbprint. And that's to discourage people who go into houses or steal stuff and that sort of thing for the scrap value. Then go up on these scales with the truck, Julie's uh, truck. You get weighed. And when the light turns, you can pull off the scales. Then you go over to the dump, basically the pile is what she called it. So we back up to the pile. We get all the junk out of the back of the truck. And then you go back up onto the scales until the light turns color. And then you go in and they pay you for what it's worth. So it was about a hundred pounds that we dropped off in weight. In weight. It was a little less than a hundred pounds. And Julie was under the impression that we'll, we'll probably make 25, 30 bucks from this. Right. So it's kind of worth it. I, I, I didn't think that's, we were going to get paid anything close to that, but yeah. Okay. Whatever. The amount of work that I put into, oh, and by the way, my dolly that I have, uh, one of the tires was ruined. It literally had a big gash in it, and you couldn't fix it. So I had to go buy a new tire for my dolly, which was 25 bucks. <laughs> so we get all this done. I go back inside. She does all this paperwork, and she hands me cash money, a whole $9. So I go out. I hand... It's folded. I hand Julie the receipt and the money. I said, there you go. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> she goes, $9? And I said, yeah. And she just kind of gives me this look and I go, yeah, I'd have just rather put it by the curb. She goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, look, I, su I suppose, I mean, obviously you had to invest in your uh, in your dolly truck, which means you were down on it. Well, I would have had um, to do that anyways. I mean, it had a bad yeah. tire. But you got... You got rid of the stuff and you got paid for it versus getting rid of the stuff and not getting paid for it. So you it, are still $9 a head. No, I'm not. My my time, the fuel, and my time and my time is worth more not to have done it. And I've been rid of it a month ago instead of it sitting on the deck getting rained on for the last yeah. month. Actually, it's been more than a month. But whatever. It's gone now. So what? I wonder what the economics are of being a scrapper then. It's it's a uh, volume. Volume, yeah. Yeah. We yeah, figured you out have with to the drive amount of around looking for stuff. You do. Like, you do. Yeah. Well, so you'd have to, I I just wonder how you get good enough to make I mean I, I don't imagine that scrappers are rich people, but I just wonder how you get good enough at it to make any sort Well, of if you're in a moderately bigger city like we are here, it's not a tiny city. It's it's you know, mid-sized to smallish city, but it's it's big enough, fifty thousand people or so. Um, on average, you know what the trash days are in the different neighborhoods. Okay, so you're not driving around the whole city every week. You're just driving, or every day, you're just driving in the neighborhoods the day before trash day. So, for instance, so when for you, us, when you say you put when you say you put stuff out in the curb, you would put it down on trash day. You would not. Just I would no if you're gonna if, no because your trash depending on where you live but the trash usually runs early in the mornings right yeah. so you you really need to get your stuff out there the day before or very early in the morning but if it's something big it's metal it's a refrigerator it's a stove it's an old bicycle it's anything like that chances are you put it out there the day before because you don't want to do that right before you're going to go to work in the morning hmm. so they know what the schedules are so they get. And it's always the same with all these scrappers I've ever seen. They've got an old beat up uh, Chevy or Ford, old pickup truck yeah. that in a lot of places in the United States anyways would be totally illegal to drive. It's got like a wooden bumper on it and more rust than actual metal. How it actually moves, I don't know, but it's good enough, right? So they'll drive around the neighborhoods the day before looking for scrap and you don't have to literally drive down every street you can just pull up to a block look down see if you see anything up by the curb if not go to the next one so we're figuring it's about a dollar per 10 pounds according to our simple math that we had a little less than 100 pounds and we got nine bucks so it's about a dollar a pound a dollar per 10 pounds so if you get 100 pounds that's 10 bucks get 200 pounds of stuff and you can do the math from there so if you can make, let's just say 500 pounds in a day, 
you're probably using no more than five bucks in gas, maybe 10. So you're still going to be ahead. And, and one of them you might, heaven forbid you, you pull up and they've got an old cast iron stove they're getting rid of. I mean, that's a jackpot right there. But what I don't understand using this, the economics that I just explained, why would people, these scrappers break into abandoned houses and pull all the wires and stuff? Because copper's worth an awful lot more. That's why. Yeah, but I don't understand how they can turn that in if they're just doing the weighing thing. Well, because because if they get, if they go in with copper, they won't be just doing the weighing thing. Because you got paid for scrap, you got paid for stuff. They know most of it is steel and iron and steel. Yeah, and they're sticking it on the pile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean I, mean, I, I obviously I don't know the place you go to. It depends what they do with it after after that as well, and how much they pay for it. Mm-hmm. But copper's completely different. Copper has a much higher value. That's why people have been stealing it. Yeah, copper, lead. Um, here in the UK, it's been copper and lead particularly. So a lot of the churches um, have lead roofs to because um, obviously our climate here is pretty terrible for rain. Right. Um, and there's an awful lot of churches had lead stolen from their roofs. Um, and also, there's been an awful lot of copper wiring theft. Um, here, it's not so much breaking into houses; it's been industrial theft, and it's been stealing. You know, somebody digs up a the telecoms people dig up a trench to uh, do some maintenance work then somebody will often go in there and steal the steal the wires steal the cabling because the copper is so high in value but they won't go to the scrap dealer and just have it weighed they will go and say look i've got copper here and they'll get paid a much higher rate because the price of copper has gone through the roof now i do know that the scrap yards in this area are under a lot of scrutiny because of so much theft yeah we had this we had the same problem about three years ago and we didn't have any checks, any IDs, nothing at the time. Uh, and basically the uh, police pushed the government to introduce all of that for British scrapyards for exactly that reason, because there was so much stolen stuff going through the scrapyards. Yep. And and it seems to have worked to a certain extent, but I still see houses get gutted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because you're always going to have, you know... Shady operators out there that's going to take the stuff, even though they know it's stolen, because the chance of them getting caught is next to nil. Well, yeah, of course, and and you know the scrap. Let's face it, running a scrapyard is not um, is not a, a high value uh, business either. True. So uh, they're dirty, so, yeah, nasty, I'm looking, loud. I'm looking here. So I'm looking at the um, scrap metal prices here in the UK. So heavy steel goes for between 5 and 14 pence per kilo. Yeah. Uh, what's a kilo? It's about 3, three 4 pounds, something like that. Yep. Um, stainless steel goes for 55 to 1 pound a kilo. Copper wire goes for 3 pounds 60 to 3 yeah. pounds 90 for kilo. There you go. So it's hundreds of times more than what the steel is worth, and that's why people steal it. Yeah. You know? Particularly if it's if you can bring in wire, then that is pure copper. So it doesn't need any refinement, separation, or anything. It goes straight to the smelter. So it's worth a lot more. So that's what you should have done, is you should have... Go to um, the house. Go to the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I presume the ultimately... I, the thing is, when you go to a scrapyard, you see I mean, they all have the pile, and you just kind of wonder, well, okay, how is that a value to the scrapyard? What do they do with the pile? to make it value to that valuable to them because presumably it needs to be recycled at some point and i don't know how that kind of waste stream works yeah i don't either i'm kind of curious but not enough to research it (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things you wish you know it's kind of if you saw a documentary about the discovery channel you'd watch it for about 10 minutes and go okay i get it i get the guess no no absolutely not so i ordered something Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm looking forward to getting at the end of the month. Uh, Amazon launched the Echo over here yeah. this week, so I ordered one because they had it on a special Prime deal. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting that. Yeah, you're going to have to – I mean, they've had the Echo here for a year or so now, and now the new little button ones. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've never figured out how that would even fit into my life at all. So yeah. I'm – I. When you get it, I'll be curious to see how you use it. I don't order as much on Amazon as I think you probably do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, for whatever reason. But 
I, I am definitely curious about it. So we're, we're big Amazon Video Music users because we have Prime. Right. Um, so we'll definitely use it for that. Um, I don't. I don't. In, I've not envisaged actually ordering stuff via voice through it because I, I tend to do most of that on my phone or my on my iPad. I like to see what I'm buying. Me too. Um, I do it on my computer, not my iOS and, device. But the um, all these extra services they have now these these Alexa services they have. So you can, you know, for instance, you can call an Uber through it and uh, check train times through it. Uh, yeah, but see, I don't. That that doesn't fit into anything I do here ever. Uh, whereas, whereas for us it does. You know, I'm always traveling, so it's useful for me. And also, it'll be in the kitchen diner downstairs, so Leanne will be using it probably more than me, to be honest. Um, and she always wants to know when I'm coming in and, and that sort of thing. And so she'll be able to do that by voice rather than picking up her phone. And because uh, normally if she picks up her phone to do it, she asks me. She does not go and look it up. So yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So I, I, I'm hoping we'll make use for it. But I, I, I took the view. It was a third off uh, for two days. Um, so it's 150 pounds, but if you um, if you bought it within these two days as a Prime subscriber, you got it for 100 pounds. I figured for 100 pounds, if it's a halfway decent Bluetooth speaker, that's not too bad. Um, even if I don't really use much of the Alexa stuff, and it's Amazon, so if I find it's useless, I can always send it back to them. So that's I'll true. Let you know how I get. I look forward to uh, when are you supposed to get it? I think it comes out um, towards the end of September, so okay. I should have it. I look forward to some shows in October talking about Alexa then. Alexi, Alexi? Uh, yeah. I'm not <laughs> I'm sure. Not Something like yeah. that. All right, Dave, let's wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. I got to get back to installing some video cameras and figuring out where I'm going to mount my uh, my video box thing in the basement. Um, you know, I've got rafters down there. I was trying to figure out how to maybe either build a shelf somewhere down there, put it on something, get some L brackets, hang it from the ceiling. And Julie's like, Will it fit between the rafters? Uh, you probably. Why don't you just put a board between two rafters and put it right there? So practical. Ugh, she's so much smarter than I am. She should be doing the show. Then you had some scrap metal which she could hang it on. Yeah, she's not smart enough. But she's not smarter than me on everything though, because I, I totally in my brain, anyways, called it that this was not going to be worth our time and effort. Because she went with me. She's the one that helped me load this all this crap up in the back of the truck and then unload it there. And that's why I handed her the whole $9 and I'm like, there you go. Sometimes um, demonstrating that rather than arguing with her oh, is by far the easiest way of proving the well, point. Well, you saw what I did. <laughs> if it was up to me, it would have been gone a long time ago sitting by the curb. Yeah. Oh, I just realized there was something else I wanted to take there. Crap. It was small, but it was the uh, my uh, my UPS. Oh, yeah, heavy. It is heavy, and you're not just supposed to throw it in the garbage because it's got that you're battery not, no. on it. Well, well the, yeah, I've replaced really the, do need It needs to be handled properly, that, because yeah. they don't, they can't just put that in the pile. No. But I would let them worry about it. <laughs> because be heavy, too. It is. It would have, I would have got an, at least another nickel. Um, <laughs> it would have been $9.05. Uh, yeah, my UPS died on me. I was... Uh, I don't remember where I was. I wasn't home at the time. Oh, I was, I was taking a uh, coal to, uh, maybe I was taking someone to the school, I think, or something. I don't know. But, uh, Julie calls me like, there's, there's a buzzing here. Something's beeping and I can hear it. It's the battery backup. Just turn it off, turn it back on. It happens every now and then. And that wasn't working. And she's like, well, now the internet's down. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, because it's plugged in the, the cable modem's plugged into that UPS. And so, sure enough, the battery died in it. And I've already replaced the battery once, at least according to Julie. I've got a vague memory of doing that before. And I think the battery cost me like 35 40 bucks, something like that. And I was going to do that, but I always knew that the one that I'm using is probably a little bit smaller than what I need. It's like a 650 So, went to Best Buy yesterday. Ugh. And I picked up a 950 It was It was 90 bucks. And it's it's running fine now, so we'll see how this works. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm stuck with the old one, and I got to get rid of it. I'll pull the battery out and just throw the rest yeah. of it away. And somebody, you know, honestly, yeah. somebody leave, will take it. Leave, yeah, leave it out. Leave it by the curb. Because it's too small. They won't see it. It's too small. Right. It's a desktop one. It's not one that goes on the floor. Oh, right. It's, it's okay. behind my monitor. 
So, yeah, one more piece of scrap to get rid of somewhere around here. All right, David. Good to speak to you. Bye.